Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bit About Crypto. It must be Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific because you're hearing me, and I'm uh, David James. I'm the job whisperer. I'm the uh, co-host of uh, Bit About Crypto. Bit About Crypto is a show designed uh, for human interest uh, with telling how people get into crypto, different, different takes. Uh, so uh, please uh, support the show, hit the like button, and subscribe, and you can always change your mind. I'm here once again <coughs> with my co-host, Robo Recruiter Dave Hampton. How are you, man? I'm doing very well, okay. doing very well. How was your vacation? My vacation was really, really good. And yeah. uh, To Costa Rica, huh? Yeah, to Costa Rica. Had a good time. I'd like to go. My dad's been many times scuba diving down there. Yeah, Pura Vida. Actually, in, in, in uh, Jamaica, uh, Jamaica, uh, it's uh, <coughs> uh, in Costa Rica. J Jamaica used to be my spot, but now Costa Rica, is, it's, they say uh, Pura Vida. Pura Vida. Pura, pure life, right? And literally, it's hello, it's goodbye, it's thank you, it's you don't say, it's like whatever. <coughs> so really, you can actually just get by and have conversations with the ticos down there by just saying Pura Vida. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. oh, did you did well, you see that paradise. car? Did you see that car? Pura Vida. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 funny how it was, but the the people, of course, they crept into my heart, and I'm really grateful. So, um, yeah, so let's uh, just get some housekeeping out of the way. So, yeah, we're uh, Blockchain Recruiters is our sponsor, and that's us, and we have a recruiting firm throughout the world, right? We aggregate candidates in the blockchain, NFT, crypto space. So any type of candidate you need, uh, we want to know about you. So if you actually need people are, for one of your uh, blockchain projects and you're hearing about this podcast for the first time, contact the, the Robo Recruiter over here. Call, call Dave Hampton. Give them the digits on how they can find you. 760-513-6400. Uh, Okay. Or you can email me at Dave at blockchainrecruiters.net. Make sure it's the net. If you don't use the net, you won't be caught on our net, and that's a bad thing. And if you actually are someone who's looking for uh, a job or a purpose or in the uh, the blockchain space, then uh, then reach out to me. I'm, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at the BTC Recruiter. Right, and uh, you know everybody in the crypto is doing Telegram, and at Tele I should change these to the same. But at Telegram, I'm the BTC recruiter. Of course, you can email me too, David J at blockchainrecruiters.net. So uh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll get into. We'll talk about some of the jobs we have a little bit later. Yeah. Right. So anyhow, um, you know, one of the things I'm finding, uh, Dave, is is that, and you you know this as well. <clears throat> There are they, these people that got one foot in and one foot out, right? They, they've, they've got their day gig and the thing they've done, and then they've got that purposing on, on NFTs or crypto or blockchain. Right. And we're seeing a lot of that, right? right. And so, <clears throat> and, and that's the great thing about uh, working as recruiters in this new space. It's like, you know, passion over pedigree. I mean, pretty much everybody's, everybody's skill set can be repurposed in the blockchain community in in this ethos yeah. in some way i mean even even if we got one, i got one guy he's an elevator operator or not elevator operator elevator repairman but he wants to be in crypto so bad it's because like, he'll explain crypto and he'll break it down for you and you know there's a place for him in the, as a community manager somewhere so yeah. i just want to say that and that that's what brings me to uh, our next guest uh richard carthen right he's got the day gig but he's got the thing that actually fuels his fire and uh, with no further ado, let's bring him on. Richard, welcome to Bit About Crypto. What's up, man? What's up, David? <laughs> Happy yeah. to be How on the doing? show. Yeah, thanks. You, you go by Richard, Richie. What do you go by? 
I go by Richard, Rich, Richie. Just depends on who I'm talking to that day. Okay. He goes by Dave when I'm around. Well, he makes me go by Dave. <laughs> and yeah. what are the odds? I go by David only. Yeah. <clears throat> at, at all times. <laughs> Unless my wife is speaking to me, then I, I answer. <laughs> yeah, he, he's very particular. You yeah, know, the older right. you get, you become more who you are. Yeah, so, yeah, so Richie, so you actually, uh, you are a graduate of the Green Machine, Tulane. Right. Yes. Roll wave. Yeah. Let's. So let's let's talk about. You uh, say roll wave. Is that what you said? I did roll wave. <laughs> so okay. Okay. So so let's talk about that. Are you a, a a natural Louisiana boy? Did you? I mean, that's that your state your whole life? It is. So I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. It's mm -hmm. about five hours away from New Orleans, and then uh, went down there for for college, and then stuck around for a couple of years, and actually recently <clears> moved out to Austin at the uh, beginning of 2020. So right before the world uh, decided to take a vacation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Austin's really it's becoming the. I, I, I won't say the crypto, but it's really the Bitcoin capital of yeah. the United States. It's the cleaner version of yeah. New Orleans, if you ask me. But <laughs> yeah, there's, so there's there's a lot to unpack. But absolutely, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's becoming really, really, really crypto heavy, which is really fun. Yeah. How old were you when you knew you were going to go to, or you said, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, a Tulane person, a green machine." How, how? How? Tell me about the genesis of going to Tulane. Did it happen early? Did it happen late? It happened late. So um, I actually went to Tulane. Um, I was a dual sport athlete. I played Division One football and baseball. And uh, I was getting recruited by a couple of different schools. And uh, luckily, uh, Tulane came because they had a brand new coach, Coach CJ, who's the wide receivers coach for the New Orleans Saints right now. And uh, they're like, hey, well, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at you. Because my thing was I always wanted to play both sports. I wanted to play football and baseball. And uh, As a pro? Allowed me to do that. Or just just uh, in, in Division One. Division one uh, college, okay, for, for sure. And if I had the chance to do both, I definitely would have loved to do that. Um, but uh, baseball is probably calling my name a little bit more. I, I actually had a chance to go pro out of high school, but I know that I just love both sports, and I wanted to be able to go play my sport and get a great education. And Tulane had the the best of all that. So you're in New Orleans, man. <coughs> so, it, it, hey, so, so hold on. Speaking of so speaking of New Orleans, this is a bit of trivia for you. Do you know uh, what Hall of Famer preferred sport is baseball? Uh, Drew Brees. Yes, sir. Did you know that about him? Yeah. Yeah. He he's uh he's his number one sport was baseball, then basketball, then football. That's, yep. that's crazy, man. So I read his book back in high school. Oh, good for you, man. I saw him uh, speak not, a couple weeks ago at this uh, fundraiser thing. So oh, that's awesome. It's man. interesting. I'm I'm a Saints fan, so all things Drew Brees. Who that baby? Let's Who that? Who that? Like you right. more and more by the by the second. Man. That's right, man. That's right. And I, I, I think it was so David's a Cowboys fan, so hey, man, you know. don't say that so loud. <laughs> don't say that that, that so loud. I mean, you know, so, you know yeah. each his own. You I'm, know, you want to live in misery. That's fine with us. By the time this thing airs, I'm sure the the, the Cowboys <laughs> will be out of the playoffs, right? Having been up 28-0 at the first half, only to lose 35. <laughs> they almost lost the they, No, they, they tried. They tried. Yeah. But anyhow, so I got a question for you, uh, Richard. So who is the only Heisman Trophy winner not to actually go into the NFL? I don't know. Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. Oh. He, he won he for... He played basketball. Yeah. He started with the Knicks. Yeah. So when you say that you're, you're, you're a two-sport two guy. So what position did you actually play football? I was a uh, safety, and then in baseball, I was an outfielder. Actually, you like hitting them hard, huh? Oh, you know it, man. Yeah, safety. That's I mean, like, like uh, the 
the Deion Sanders position, right? Is that no. the free safety? Cornerback. Cornerback. He, he was a cornerback. That, that's like when I watch, watch, and I'm, I'm like a neophyte. I don't know stats. I don't know. I can't talk about the way David can. But when I watch that position, that, that, like safety, that's just an impossible position to play. Yeah. It's, you you got to grab. You got to tag, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and it's, it's just. A, it's the outfield the position of, of, of football, if you ask me. What would you say, Richard? Is that you're the last line of defense. If you mess up, everybody knows. <laughs> like, literally everybody else on the field could mess up. But if you mess up, everyone knows. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, so let's talk about your childhood. So, you know, you grew up, what type of house? What did your mom and dad do? What was that like, brothers, sisters? Talk about it. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana with uh, both my parents. My mom and dad are both medical technologists, which is just a fancy way of saying uh, they look at blood samples when you, like, send them to the lab for a review. Um, but so not phlebotomists, up, not phlebotomists. They don't not, take not blood. They, they just review in the lab. Got it. Correct, correct. Um and I had um, two older sisters, um, one that I uh, grew up with in Shreveport, um, who uh, actually now just recently moved to Austin uh, with her husband. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, growing up in Shreveport was interesting. Um, it was, uh, I don't know, man, like it was a place that I knew that I wanted to eventually get away like from because it was, I feel that there was a lot of backwards thinking. Uh, I feel like it's slowly progressing, but I knew that the, there's more that the world had to offer. Hold on a second. I, we're we're going to unpack this. We're going to, so okay, let's, let's talk, let's talk about <clears throat> grade school or, or high school. Like, what are you into it? And, and because <clears throat> when, when somebody says to me something like that comment right there, everyone's backwards yeah. thinking, it doesn't surprise me that person is uh, an evangelist or a proselytizer of crypto. Right, because crypto is like the, the most forward thing, the most advanced thing I know, et cetera, et cetera. So, right, I, I wanna, I want, I really wanna unpack. <clears throat> give me some examples of how, yeah, this was occurring in your life. Yeah, man. So uh, the two quickest examples I can give: back in sixth grade, uh, I was, um, I, I was probably one of the more popular kids because I played sports and whatever. And there was a, a pretty popular uh, girl that was uh, there too as a cheerleader. And one day she approached me. And uh, she was like, hey, did you hear about Chris and so-and-so? So at the time, uh, cheerleaders, white girl, I am uh, obviously black. And then my uh, friend Chris uh, was starting to date his white girlfriend. Uh, and she came to me, she said, you know, that's wrong, right? You know, like that goes against the Bible. And I was like, I don't think that's how that works. But, uh, <laughs> well, you guys, <laughs> hey, you are the South. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, man. So, go, go on, go on. No, yeah, man. But it, it was just stuff like that. And then, unfortunately, like my very first day in high school, um, uh, I that I made the varsity baseball team. So I was a freshman in high school. And like after like two practices at the freshman team, the, the coach said, "Now nah, you need to come to varsity." So the very first day out there at the end of practice, uh, this guy ends up calling me the N word, and I'm just like, "Okay, well, welcome to high school." Well, no, so, wait, wait. It, 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 in it, there's two ways that word is said, right? There's the angry, hateful way. And then there's the the way that it's used, like, you know, within the... the I'm guessing it was the hateful right. way. Yeah, well, Both in the context of this conversation weren't going to be good, but it okay. was hard. No, I, I get it. I just, I'm just trying to context, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you're, what you're saying is it's just from a consciousness standpoint, you knew early on that... Um, that, that, I knew the that, world couldn't just think like this. Yeah, that's like, right. As far as like, as, you know, there's there's got to be more people who like this can't like just be like the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I I haven't really got into your story graduating up, but but about that, I want to 
one of the things that I stand for and I support the fact is is that when I, I first got into Bitcoin, right, everybody was like, yeah, what is Ponzi scheme, whatever. But then when COVID happened, I noticed that Black Lives Matter was saying, no, 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 no. pay us in Bitcoin, right? And, with that, and I'm not trying to take a political stance for or against Black Lives Matter, but Black Lives Matter is a marginalized group, right? And it's rising up to actually have its voice heard, right? With the conditions right. of that, whatever, I'm just going to just parent the narrative there. And they are saying, pay us in Bitcoin, right? Sound money, right? And the, the thing about like a lot of the NFTs things, right? It gives, it gives marginalized people, right? It, females, minorities, gays, it gives them a voice in an equal footing in an equal setting. And I, I know that you were going to, we're going to talk, but since you brought this up, let's, let's talk about your, your awareness. And we'll come back and we'll retrace like where we were to get you here, but talk about that as it occurs for yeah, you. Yeah. So Crypto is the great equalizer. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in the world. You have, as long as you have internet, you have access and you don't need a lot to get started. And there's not too many places in the world where you can put in a hundred dollars and have that turn into thousands of dollars in a short amount of time. And immediately by having that, now people have ways to have savings accounts. Now they have ways to have access to loans that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. Now they have ways to be able to receive and send money that, is theirs and that no one can take from them. So mm. there's been no better point in human history that has put literally everyone on the same playing field in this space. And that's why I'm a huge advocate for people to get into crypto and learn about it because it's legitimately changing lives. All crypto? Not all crypto. Okay. No, I yeah. no uh, yeah, we, we got to get into that. And so there's definitely yeah. safer ways to get into crypto. <clears throat> but I like to generally say that crypto will help get you there so that you can get your curiosity. So yeah, like, you're right. As soon as you can spark curiosity, now you have people asking questions and now you can start to guide. That, that, exactly. I love fish, right? That's so, okay. <laughs> you love fish, right? And, then, and you realize it's like, I don't love all fish, right? I, there's a right. kind of like it. There's taste. Right. So it's, it's under that thing. So since we're here, what you, I heard you say was you, one could put money in and actually there would be uh, this asymmetric, asymmetric return, which I absolutely believe you know, that, that can be the thing. And also that can't be the thing, depending on if you're not in the right situation. But right. The, what I wanted to ask you is, do you, the NFT space has had made me start thinking about crypto in a different way. Because when I, yeah. I, I came to crypto for the greed, I'll be honest with you, I came for greed, I stayed for the ideology. And then basically it, it, I said to David, I, I, I said, I have to, re, we have to repurpose, I have to repurpose all my recruiting efforts to be in the, the blockchain space. And he, right. he didn't come as quickly as I did, but once he got here, he came. So do you have any opinions on, <clears throat> on how uh, blockchain NFTs, something is, is empowerment in addition to the money, but not just for the money. Yeah, it's, and honestly, it's not all about the money. So what NFTs are doing also is providing access to people you wouldn't necessarily have access to. If you think about two of the most popular NFT projects that are out there right now, whether it be a CryptoPunk or whether it be a Board 8 Yacht, if you would have minted them, and at the time of mint, I think it was a couple hundred bucks, right? Um, you would now own something that's worth six figures. And for the in the case of CryptoPunks, it took you three years to do it. In the case of Board 8 Yacht, it took you eight months. But not just that, you now have access to be able to go to events where you're meeting with a plethora of people with all kinds of outrageous and amazing backgrounds. So now you actually have a, a seat at the table to begin 
having more conversations on how you can become more involved and do more things. Mm -hmm. It's again, be giving people access that they normally would never have. And it takes minimal amounts to be able to get in if you get in at the beginning. So for my audience, right? The, the people that are here on my in, in my audience, these are people that hopefully the audience is geared toward uh, learning about crypto in a certain way, right? And right. when we started talking about crypto, we we're talking about you know this one good, this one bad. Not so much as sh should you buy. We don't endorse nor oppose a specific crypto, right? right. But <clears throat> but then all of a sudden, and this just happened this year, like around February or March. All of a sudden, everybody started talking about NFTs, and it's just it's been the tsunami. <laughs> Of, of activity and energy about it, right? And so one of the things I had somebody ask me, and I kind of struggled with this. So it seems to me this NFT is just making the world a big swap meet where all you're doing is we're just selling art, baseball cards, and lifestyle. That's it. And I had, tr I mean, I understand the concept better than that. And, and, and I, I, I could go you know, as deep and I can split the atom with you, right? But for our audience, Right? Why don't you actually counter the argument that that person said, if you don't mind, Richard? I can, but I don't know that it's wrong. Um, the way that I would initially phrase what NFTs are to somebody is yeah. the modern day flex. Okay. It, 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 it is. And because if you think about it right now, what, like, what do you mean context do, flex from my audience? So, why do people buy Louis Vuitton bags? Why do oh, people buy. You're talking bags? about the flex car. Yeah. So, like, Actual flexing, so like you are uh, um, okay, trying that's to what show I thought you meant, right. status um, to society okay. by not saying anything, by having a thing. And so, <clears throat> if you look at some of the original NFTs in their true creation, it was to both, it was to show that you were one of the originals, or you were one of the uh, cool ones. What they stand for, even like again going back to like in a, uh, crypto punks. Uh, it's showing like why Bitcoin was originally made, which was to give power back to the people, to rebel against the institution, et cetera, to, to, to show that you were part of a group and of movement. Now, it, there's a lot of other ways in which it has transformed into where are we spending a lot of our time right now? It's online. It's in uh, areas, uh, um, the, the new digital space. There's a reason why Facebook is repositioning themselves as meta and are trying to take on the metaverse. It's because more people are going to be in a virtual world. So when that happens, how do you then show uh, status and everything else? And one of the first ways that you can do that right now is through NFTs. So it's transforming. There's There are way more amazing things that nfts offer but if you think about the hook like what are, what's bringing everyone there in the first place i think that's really what has brought people to the dance right there's a whole lot of reasons why people go to a party maybe a friend brings them maybe they heard about it online maybe there's no like however you got to the party once you're there you can then decide if you want to stay you can decide if you want to leave you can <laughs> say how, how, how long you want to be there you can decide hey there's actually another after party i'm gonna go to that one instead hey where but, is everybody <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. I guess you know what kind of party your I was, right? <laughs> no, your, your analogy is really good. And, and this is fantastic. We got to the meet. And I, I uh, we're going to come back to this. But <clears throat> so so you're you're in high school. What are you doing? Are you, are you, are you hooping every day? Are you playing baseball? Every, are you just playing every sport that, that that's out there? Is, is, <laughs> is I mean, and then and then just going to school. I mean, talk, talk to me about your life. Did you fish? Right. Did, I mean, what? What are you doing up to like yeah. uh, so high come, school? Right. 
Yeah. So come high school, man, I'm just flat out football and baseball because it's pretty much all year round. And so I'm like training, I'm doing sports, um, doing my education. So I took my, my, my family took education very seriously. Um, my, my sister was extremely smart, actually got a national merit scholarship to Howard University. Um, and um, I had an opportunity, if, even if I didn't play sports, I had some um, fine, um, scholarships lined up uh, to be able to go to, to school. So uh, I was very much on top of my work and also just very dedicated to to my sports. But I was also, this is during a time when Modern Warfare just came out. This is PlayStation 3 and 4. So played a lot of Call of Duty, Call of Duty Zombies with my friends, um, you know, hanging out with the boys. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, just that's that pretty much what took up a lot of my free time. So tell me what you're thinking about what your life's going to be right around the time you're going to prom your senior year. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to college. Uh, I'm about to go to Tulane. Um, was was Tulane the like, choice? How, how did it become Tulane? Yeah. Was, were there any other choices or any other considerations? If you're so yeah. had this athletic prowess, you must have been recruited somewhere else. I'm, I'm yeah, guessing. So, I'm guessing he went because Tulane gave him the chance to play both football and baseball. Yeah. So I got recruited by a couple of different places. Um, could have went to Cornell. Um, uh, could have went to Air Force Academy. Um, had some local schools in Louisiana, um, like ULL and Southeastern and some others. Um, and yeah, ultimately just landed on Tulane. Okay. So you're going to Tulane. You're going to get this degree that you got, right? Tell everybody your business degree. Yep. So I ended up getting a business degree, uh, business management. Um, yeah. Okay. Now this is a fairly interesting question because, um, I've seen a phenomenon happen, right? I'm, I'm from the generation that you go to college, you go. Right. And yeah. then that will ensure you a job. Now what I've seen happen, uh, and it's all because of the central bankers and the money printing, right? That in 2008, right, uh, the, the jobs that were supposed to be there weren't there, right? And then also right. this most, most recent COVID thing, right? But what I see is that there are people who actually get $100,000 worth of loans. They go get a degree, they come back, and they qualify for the job at Starbucks. And the, the unambitious person who didn't go to college doesn't have $100,000 in debt, and they got four years of work experience at the Starbucks, and they're the manager, right? And yeah. I'm, I'm say, not saying that happens to everybody, but it's a bit of a metaphor. And right. I, so I ask people like that of, of your age, right? You're like about like a junior going into your senior year. How are you seeing this degree thing paying off for you, right? And what is, what is your ambition or your expectation that this debris is going to get you and was or was not that met. Talk about that. Yeah. So in, in my situation, I had a dream of actually going to law school um, in the event that sports didn't work out. I knew that I wanted to do a, a JD, potentially JD MBA. And um, I actually got into Tulane Law School. So um, at the time, though, I was part of a business fraternity. And um, one day, one of the uh, I, I actually helped one of my business partners create an, uh, an app um, and it ultimately failed, but it, that going through that process changed my entire life because I realized I was very passionate about entrepreneurship, creating things and creating process. And so it kind of shook the foundation of like what I thought I envisioned from my life. And so my senior year actually raised money for my own startup, uh, which was a calendar app. And um, I decided to not go to um, law school so that I could uh, pursue this. And in the event of doing that, I actually got a job working at Merrill Lynch. Um, and uh, so my, my degree actually did directly help me get into a, a pretty solid job. And, and okay, so are you uh, like a FINRA advisor, try to get people to, to take their money from one, one box and put it into the box that you represent? Was that what you were doing? 
That's what, I, yep, that's what's pretty much what I was getting into. Um, before I got too deep into it, though, I actually ended up quitting that job because I wanted to go all in on my startup. And so um, I was able to raise a little bit more money. I said, I have, all right, I have this much time. There's no more, there's no greater time to be risky than right now. So uh, went all in on the, the startup. And honestly, when I look at like a college degree, when I look at like entrepreneurs and working in startups and everything else, there's a lot of benefit to doing a startup. Um, in my opinion, because you have to wear a tremendous amount of hats and you have to just figure it out. And a lot of your, if you think about how school is set up, it is you are told to go study a thing and then regurgitate information. You're not taught how to think. And if you look at a lot of positions that pay extremely well, like managers, et cetera, they're getting paid because they know how to think and they know how to manage people and they know how to do things in a nice teamwork environment. So having experience with teamwork with sports um startup experience with having to wear a lot of hats and then also having to do things in a very quick uh and fluid mindset you're able to then go into like more established locations provide new ideas but then also a way to move faster through it so it's i think it's really beneficial for people to challenge themselves to learn how to think within their job and not just regurgitate information let me put you on the spot here how do you actually enroll people around you that you influence to think, to start thinking? And I didn't know I was going to say this question. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you know, you were, you're pretty you know, magnetic, a bit prophetic. And I'd appreciate it if you would be vulnerable with me on that. Yeah. I always ask people, no matter what they're doing right now, well, what do you want to do? Like, are you doing with what are you, first of all, are you happy with what you're doing? And if the answer immediately is no, then what would make you happy? And pretty much every single person, as soon as you ask them what would make them happy, they immediately go to a place because they've already thought this through because we all do, right? We ultimately want to be happy and fulfilled in our job. So then my next question is, is what stops you from doing that? Yeah. And then silence, right? And it's, it's because you're, you're in the comfort of your job. You have a steady paycheck. You already like, you, you have all this like comfort in having already been at a job, understanding what's going to happen. And it's, it's risky. It is uncomfortable to then go and pursue something that's potentially happier, but it's a lot more uncertain. And I'm always going to be a advocate to pursue it. Um, especially whether you're young or even if you're older, like, and you can find a way to make it work because if you are truly excelling at your job, if you're good at what you do, you can go bet on yourself for a year. And if it doesn't work out, go find the comfortable job again. But you'll never know if you don't at least step out on your own faith and on what you, own, what you do for yourself, like have faith in yourself and go for it. Because otherwise you're just always going to feel like, well, what if, what if, what if? And we, we don't have time for that. COVID, COVID showed everyone like, hey, like you don't have to be in this day job. Like you can go and work remotely. You can go and try something new and it could really help change your life and mold it into like what you truly want to pursue. Yeah. I was going to say it's uh you never regret the things you do. You regret the things you don't do. I don't know. I've uh, done some things I regret, but go on. So, I mean, I mean like, for instance, like for instance, for me, like I, I, I went to school, uh, double majored in English and psychology. And my goal was to get out in four years. I seen all my friends, uh, you know, do the five, six, seven year, uh, granted some of them were working, some of them weren't. But I, I didn't want to be in college after five years. I just like I'm not so I so I didn't study abroad, you know. I, so I, I wish I would have studied abroad. I wish I would have gone, you know, and seen different different countries and study, you know. Quote you, you went to New York City. 
That's like abroad. Uh, well, that was, I mean, I was getting a master's degree. That was, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. It's where my, my wife, but yeah, I mean. Um, oh, I need a double entendre. Met abroad. Okay. Yeah, there Sorry. you go. Uh, yeah. It's funny how you amuse yourself. Yeah, well, I, I spent a lot of time with myself, actually. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's. You have you have some incredible wisdom, man. It's it's. I mean, you're you're so young, and and all all the things that you're saying are so true. Like you have to, you know, you have you have to bet on yourself. You have to go out and just do what you want to do. If you don't do it, then try again. You know, and and fail again, learn again, do it again. You know, it's just it's one of those things. I was having a conversation with my son. He's probably about your age, right? I'll tell you, he's thirty-two. So he's not he's not his age. He's younger than that. Okay. I'm a little younger than that. Yeah, no, not little. You're you're okay. way younger. Okay, than that. I got I got more kids that are about your age, all right? <laughs> but you know, I was I was talking to to my son about this, and I I just said to him, I said, Daniel, there is nobody coming to rescue you, right? It's no. Like it, 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 you know, we we had the society post World War II that we've got these social programs. Well, we've got welfare, we got disability, we got social security. Back then, these these things were all, all day. But then, like any type of government program, it gets corrupted and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like so every and now he's out because he was working at the Bank of America. Shout out to Daniel, love you, baby boy. Anyhow, uh, he's working at the Bank of America. And he says, Dad, I hate it. And by the way, if somebody actually says they're into crypto, we're supposed to like refuse them an account right here. I think that attitude has changed. Well, my point is. Um, yeah, no one, and and you're you're you know David's a testament to it. I'm a testament to it, and you clearly, Richard, that you got to go out and make your own. You got to make your own way, right? Because the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? Because right. that's I'm, I'm I'm taking more swings at the bat, right? Right. So, but anyhow, I I ask. This is my one of my signature lines. How did crypto find you? So. Um, like I was just telling y'all, I was working, um, I did my, I went all in on the startup and I realized that we know nothing about what that startup is. Nothing. Well, so which, it was a counter one? platform. The question, is, the question is which one? Yeah. You've got several. yeah. So the startup followed my call. It was a counter platform that was supposed to put all your calendars in one convenient location. It could be your social one. It could be your work calendar, et cetera. And I actually got to go through like two accelerator programs down in new Orleans, shots propeller. Um, and also shout out to the idea village. Those were both really awesome. And, I basically learned how to get like, I finally got product market fit, but as soon as I found it, I've realized that I need to go away from a uh, community model, uh, high growth to a SaaS model. So to flip that switch, to do the extra work, um, I knew I needed to raise X amount of money. So what I did was I took myself and I had an employee at this time. I took us both off of um, being salaried and I had to extend our runway. So I went and worked uh, at an artificial intelligence company in New Orleans and uh, was doing sales there uh, while I tried to, you know, go fundraise and continue it on. So while I was there, the very first day on my job, uh, the guys, uh, my boss says, hey, man, what do you know about Bitcoin and Ethereum? I said, what's that? He said, trust me, you want to look into it. So I did. And I went down the rabbit hole and I've never looked back because I realized in this moment that this was the future. This was going to change my life. And this was going to be the quickest way for me to see the financial gains that I want and then be able to help people uh, crane financial stability in their lives as well, because I'm a really, really, really big proponent on helping people create financial stability, um, as well as capitalizing on all of the different ways that you can be involved in crypto. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to what you just said, and uh, people don't always consider uh, this, what you're talking about. You, you said that you, you were motivated or you're at least inspired by the fact that we recruit in the blockchain space. 
And, uh, you know, we, uh, our company actually uh, made choices to, to, to look at, at crypto and uh, we realized what this was doing for us. But we, we realized that there's the scenario that a lot of people are in, right? Someone takes a job, right? And, and one of the things that I tell people, I'm going about this the wrong way, but what I tell people is I want you to be in love with what you're doing without falling out of love with yourself. And the reason yeah. people fall out of love with themselves is disenfranchisement, right? It could be financial. It could be the boss has now like sent you to the mailroom in the proverbial sense, whatever that is, right? And, or what happens is people have a relationship outside of work, like you know, a spouse and children, et cetera, et cetera, in a house. And now their choices are based on fear. It's a fear-based choice. I can't quit this job, right? Because then I'm not going to be able to give my wife, she'll think I'm a failure. My kids will think I'm a failure. Yeah, we have to get a smaller house and we're going the wrong direction. That's also true of entrepreneurs who have clients, all right? It's also true of recruiters who serve clients. It's like, well, we can't fire these, these clients. And when we actually, we, we really like uh, pulled the whole Harrison Ford and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and we just walked out blindly on faith on this. <laughs> yeah. And we just decided we're not, we're not going to work with any clients that are, are, are I, I wanted to use a specific word, but I'm not for my PG rating, right? But that, that are difficult or unreasonable or disenfranchising or, 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 or don't empower me or don't make me feel good about me. Right. The thing that that makes me a recruiter to my core and David is, is that when we don't we don't work with companies, we work with managers. Right. And but but that's kind of indicative. You show me your crowd, I'll show you your future. Right. The, the negativity begets negativity. And you'll find those in very bureaucratic bureaucratic places. So, yeah, you're right. So what we did at uh, Blockchain Recruiters is we we said you have to have a cool project and you, you need to make me really feel strong about empowering people that I could say to somebody, hey, whatever projects you're on, stop it. You really got to hear about this because if it's just about, right. hey, well, we're going to pay, you know, an extra Bitcoin, that's that's uh, the money. It's not not enough. Like, you know, the Bible says, what is a man to actually gain the world? Only their soul to pay. And nothing right. is more corrosive to that end in being in a job that one hates. And they may have started yeah. loving it. So, and what we at Blockchain Recruiters do is we aggregate. We, we're aggregating people. Anybody who's crypto, anybody who's blockchain, anybody who's NFT, we're, you're in our database all over the world. So this is, this is the first time we're having people call us. It's like, now they can be wherever they are, you know? Right. One guy in Cape Town, one guy in Madrid, one gal in Tokyo. I mean, it's, it's like that. And, and what also that's a, what I'm starting to see is it's about what you can do, not how you present. Well, let's see. Yep. Did, did you go to the right Ivy League school? Did you work for Bain? Did you work for McKinsey? Right. And so so that I see a lot of uh, enfranchisement there. And I, I spoke entirely too long on that subject. But you you, you, you made me catch no, the you, Holy you, Spirit. You, you have a good point on that, man. Like people don't care what your background is. Some people don't even care if you went to college, if you can code or if you can help me sell this thing and you have experience with community management. I don't. You, you you can show me through your actions that you're valuable. And like, it, it's not to like say that a degree is not important or that it's not helpful or et cetera. But like, as it relates to this new and emerging um, industry that is crypto and blockchain, it doesn't matter as much as long as you are capable and show up and execute and hit your timelines, you do those things. It's all good. Yeah. And, 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 and enthusiasm is infectious. It is. Yeah. Right. You can you can do it with enthusiasm and positive attitude. You know, you can really, really move some people.
Well, yeah. What's interesting is that the technology itself is it's it's the, the reason people value it is because it authenticates, right? It authenticates right. through actual actions and actual things that that have been done, versus a piece of paper that says, "Hey, you got this knowledge that you may or may not have," right? And that's the I think that's I think that's irony um, in terms of you know what people actually value versus what people have valued to this day to this point. Yeah, hundred percent, right. David. Yeah, really good insight. You know, we uh, it's funny uh, <laughs> uh, when COVID started in March of twenty twenty. You know, the, in, in our state, the governor shut everything down, and there. But I had come home from uh, India because we had people I was training in India, and I was exiled to my son's bedroom. Right. And my son, my son came home and he was living in the living room and he says, well, where am I going to be living? I said, you'll be living in the living room. That's why they call it the living room. That's where you're going to be living. No, but but seriously, but while, while I was there, you know, exiled in this room because you know, we were really, really afraid of COVID back then. Right? Hey, you were in India. You probably caught, caught, caught the creeping crud. You got it. Stay here. All my meals are brought to me. So I'm on the Internet. And I'm really like doing and I'm looking into podcasts. And one of the podcasts I saw, there was this gal named Camilla Compton. Right. And she's from she's from uh, Colombia. She married a guy in Colorado. She came here, you know, undocumented with her mother. Right. And found her way, got documented, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, she got orange pilled. But the thing about it is she works for a company called Swan Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Hey, there's a shout out to you, Camilla and Swan Bitcoin, your company. No charge. I you a call, Camille. <laughs> so. You haven't called her? Uh, well, I, I started, I referred my dad. Oh, oh yeah. So, so I need to, yeah, I need to get that. Yeah, you know. but, but anyhow. Shout, shout out to Swan real quick. Mm -hmm. I had the CTO, um, Jan Prisker, on the show a while back, and it's one of the best shows I've ever done. Like, he's... He's awesome. Well, I'm glad you said that because we have a job for him and we're not going to let him say no. But anyhow, <laughs> at another company, because right? we don't have love for Schwann that way. We just want our Bitcoin going into our wallet. But anyhow, I digress. But, but the thing about her story is, is she's like this anonymous person. She has like no crypto experience, but she started making these TikTok videos, right? And she saw how the Swan Bitcoin was putting things out. And I think there's some dialogue that started. She says, hey, you know, you're... you're your videos are whack. They suck, right? I mean, literally, it started like that. But yeah, well, what do you think? And literally, that dialogue turned into a full-time job for her as like a community manager, right? And yeah. this is the exact thing I'm talking about, right? Passion over pedigree, right? Yeah. 100%. Hey, what do you, uh, tell me about the causes that you're doing. What do you want my audience to know about you? How can people find you? I, I want to give you some time to talk about you and the things that are important for you as, as it relates to crypto or anything else for that matter. Yeah. You know, and, and I appreciate the floor. Like ultimately I want to help bridge the gap for people who know nothing about crypto with thought leaders in the space. And even if you do, and you're familiar with the space and want to learn more about new projects that are emerging and all the different ways that you can get involved in crypto. Uh, that's what cryptocurrency is all about to keep you current on all the different things happening in cryptocurrency and blockchain. So we have a podcast uh, that goes out every Monday and Friday of interviews that I do. And then we have what's called a CC Live where we go live on YouTube every uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays to give people updates on the latest news and different things to be looking out for in the space. Because again, knowledge is power and we really want to empower you with the tools to go and act if you want to. You know, uh, a lot of people will give out a lot of great gems. Like one of the people that I really enjoy is Gary Vaynerchuk. He gives out a ton of really great information, a lot of great nuggets, and with and basically gives away his secret sauce all the time. And he knows that 
of the millions of people that listen, maybe 1% are actually going to go and do something about it. And so my approach is I have nothing to hide. I want to give you all the tools. I want to give you all the stuff. And then if you want to go act on it, it's there for you. One millionth percent will act on it. Wow. You're a downer. One millionth percent. I'm kidding. Anyhow, <laughs> and I disagree with you, but you're right, you're, but you're not all the way right. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge applied, applied is power. And applied that, having been, that haven't been said, for people, I'm going to give you some knowledge. Not everybody's watching this on YouTube. Okay, they're listening on Spotify and Apple. So why don't you verbally say to the people that are actually listening to this how they can find you? So you can find us at uh, www.crypto-current.co. You can find me on Twitter at Richard Carthon. You can also find us at underscore cryptocurrent underscore. And uh, our website will have all of the various ways that you can find us. Also, you can find our podcast on all the social channels as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, come come chat with us and happy to, um, if you ever have any questions, just hit me up. I'm so grateful that you actually spent the time. And just for our audience, we have way too many jobs and way too many candidates. We can't be talking about candidates and jobs like we have been. That's so, I mean, whatever you want, we have them. Whatever you need, we have it. Okay? So, so give us a call sometime. Um, I want to just say, Richard, thank you so much just for the heartfelt, earnest warmth and just, you know, just, just dropping the truth. And, and speaking your heart, it was really great. It's really refreshing. I know that our, our audience, I'm, I'm going to get a lot, of, a lot of replies on this one. We're going to get a, a, a lot of comments. Travis, our engineer, thank you so much. No Spend, problem. Been a good week. David, robo-recruiter, my co-host, thank you so much. Eternally grateful. Remember, I'm David James. And remember, everybody, get whisper.